No. We should probably actually get started, though. Yeah, well, I was, I was going to say, do we want to, like, is there any, like, exercise or something we want to do? Oh, you want to do, like, a like an improv game? Yeah, like an improv sentence? <laughs> sure. You want to everyone fun. say a word? We can laugh. We all can right, all right. Time. Come on. You start, I'll go, and then Caleb. Okay, cool. Uh, that. Boy. Ain't. Right. <laughs> I. <laughs> I. Will kill him. <laughs> I, was, I was trying to go for I don't tell you what. <laughs> I, will kill, I will kill him. Indubitably. <laughs> Indubitably. Anakin walking into the younglings oh room like. Oh my God. That is Master sad. Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? That boy ain't right. And I'm going to kill him <laughs> indubitably. <laughs> and now it's time to go to therapy. But I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Obi-Wan. Raider. Ahsoka, surely you understand. This is a pivotal moment in the Clone Wars. The heart of the Republic is under attack. I understand that as usual, you're playing politics. This is why the people have lost faith in the Jedi. I had too, until I was reminded of what the Order means to people who truly need us. Hello and welcome back to Star Wars Therapy, the show where we talk about Star Wars and life. I'm Caleb. I'm Steven. And life. I'm Alex. <laughs> Sorry, you just like, you just rushed through it and I'm like, you know what, we're, we're doing the this right or we ain't doing there. it at all. The I passion can... wasn't there, unfortunately. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to Star Wars Therapy, the podcast where we talk about Star Wars. And I'm life. Alex. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was right. <laughs> no, nah, that's good. That's good. <laughs> we'll keep that in. Uh, <laughs> I feel like you have to keep the others in for the context, but that's pacing horribly. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see what we'll I can see. do. I'm Caleb, by the way. I'm Steven. And life. <laughs> I'm and life. Hey, guys. I'm end life. Oh. How are we doing? What's the vibe? Uh, Apparently pretty... end life now is the vibe. <laughs> yeah. It's been a rough week. That's kind of where we ended the last episode, too. Oh, yeah, you man. were peering off over a lake. I was asking the important questions, um, like what that tongue do. Um, I was you know, we went genocide. <laughs> yeah. So I got a, I got moved into my apartment. Uh, nice. You know, like I Congrats. said, we're, we're finally finally having, uh, just trying to move on to literally anything else. I didn't, Getting settled. I had an anxiety attack at work the other day while I was Ooh. at my desk. First, like first thing in the morning. Here's what I'll say about that, though. After you have an anxiety attack within your first hour of working, your whole day, no matter what happens, it's all uphill. Like it's it's all gonna go good. Yeah. Like that sets the bar yeah. so low. It's like when you're already late to work and you're like, man, it's already gonna be a low effort day. Like it's fine. You're gonna get the bare minimum out of me. As someone who has had uh, multiple panic panic attacks at work at five thirty in the morning, yeah, the day usually gets much better after that. <laughs> <laughs> You get him out of the way early. Can I tell you all the thought that has just been echoing in my head all week? Yes. Yeah, sure. Why am I so overwhelmed with things that don't matter? Man, I feel Dude, that. that's been echoing in my head for the past 26 years. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> this year, we will be completing our trilogy of commentaries for the prequel movies. But one movie that we're leaving out is the what we thought would be the last theatrical release for Star Wars, and that was the Clone Wars the Clone movie, Wars. which was the origin of Ahsoka Tano. 
our character topic. What a segue. That's right. What a I segue. got on that segue, baby, and I was running laps. For a fella who gave me and Alex so much grief over our segues. That's right. You, you've really adapted to it, and you're coming into your own. I went to the dealership this weekend. So <laughs> I'd like to present you segway on, dealership. on behalf of yes. me and Alex. <laughs> you never been to Sex Stop? So what? Sex Stop? Oh, I thought he said Sex Stop. Yeah, what did I say? I yeah. love the idea of the dealership being called. I'm sorry, Caleb. <laughs> just, Go, keep going. I love the idea of the dealership being called Seg Stop. Seg Stop. It is the hardest working G <laughs> in the in the yeah. alphabet. But yes, Ahsoka Tano. The yeah. topic of this episode, which as of the time of recording, the first two episodes have come out of the show. We're going to try to talk more about the character just as a whole, maybe where we first were introduced with her. Yeah, she has an interesting history. She kind of is like the Harley Quinn of Star Wars in a- the sense. Absolutely. She was... I have never thought about that. Yeah. But you're right. <laughs> introduced in animation, but has like broken out. Like she is about as recognizable as most Jedi from the prequel era oh yeah absolutely and it's so strange because like you know i'm sure we'll get into it but i remember when i saw the trailer for the movie first off i thought the artwork was i thought the art style was kind of off-putting at first it is it yeah (laughs) it it really is because it's very blocky and it's very like oh that's a beard but i can see every line on obi-wan's face Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and also count dooku what happened (laughs) Like, they got a rhombus, and they were like, that's his head. But the point being is that, like, when I saw Ahsoka, and I saw... And granted, this was also my understanding of Star Wars at the time. I was mad because I thought Obi-Wan was a master, and you could only be a master and training a knight, and that you couldn't have another Padawan. I thought Mm. there was, like, more rules and structures to it, or at least that's what my brain did. Don't they acknowledge that, though? Do they? I think so, because I think there's a moment oh. where Anakin's like, why am I training her? Like, she should be yours or something. Right, it's like, also you can't- And they're like, no, you're like, going to you train her. on another, like, Padawan or something, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, like, like, I, like I don't think he could have two, even and, though Anakin was a knight. But yeah. Granted that I, I, because of these reasons, I never saw it in the theaters, because I was like, that's stupid that he has an apprentice that never shows up in the movies. And especially hearing in the trailer, I think they had, like, the annoying parts in the trailers, like, whatever, Sky Guy. Oh, whatever. it was- Else. Yeah, it was definitely like, and the, and the movie still stands as this, and the first few se- seasons, it was definitely an appeal to kids. Yeah. Like, they wanted kids to go see it, mm-hmm. which which worked out, uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. It's just that a lot of times, things that are, like, corporately designed to appeal to kids miss the mark, because, like, a kid sitting down to watch a Star Wars show wants to watch Obi-Wan and Anakin. Mm-hmm. So if you're going to introduce a new character, it should be in line with what else has come before, and I think there was a little bit of tension there with Ahsoka initially. I would agree with that, because, like, honestly, that kind of put me off of the whole Clone Wars for a while. I actually didn't watch Clone Wars for the first time until, like, maybe a couple of years after the first iteration of it ended. I had hmm. watched like a couple of episodes here and there and pretty much it's like this. When I heard Darth Maul was back in the show, I got way more interested. I was like, interesting. Oh, me with Rebels. Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm sure we'll get into. I haven't finished my rewatch, but I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the the thing is that like I then got into it. Granted, there are still some episodes in season one where I'm like, uh, I don't want to bother watching this. Like for example, when I saw the 
Mace Windu, I was like, oh, Mace Windu. But when I saw he was paired with Jar Jar, I was like, you know, let's not do this. I don't necessarily need this combo. Um, and Dave Filoni was like, let's do it at least three more times. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, it's so bizarre. The point being is like, have I seen some bad episodes? Yes. Have I seen yeah. some fantastic episodes? Yes. And here's the thing. I think Ahsoka serves as everyone has arcs on the show but i think she serves as a pseudo main character yeah for clone wars if that makes sense yeah it's about everyone but at the same time it's kind of i use this example that you two probably won't get naruto the show's called naruto but it's about the village no one got that awesome cool. no yeah i All mean right. you were you were one dead on the money then. we did not get I, it I, <laughs> I know even less about one piece <laughs> I just know there's like a thousand episodes. Well, same thing with Naruto, but the difference is Naruto's worth it. I think there's a freedom to Ahsoka in the Clone Wars, and it comes with a pro and a con. The pro is that because she's not in the movies, you can do whatever you want mm-hmm. with her. Like, yeah. So much freedom. The downside is then you have to answer the question, why isn't she in the movies? But I can forgive right. that because of my knowledge of like the outside. It's like, well, she was made outside, like after the movies, and then like. Yeah. yeah. It's just kind of a matter of. <sighs> I, I think that. Honestly, what Clone Wars started to do and what makes it such an interesting show, and like I'm I'm not trying to turn this into a Clone Wars review episode or anything, but we have to talk about it to to kind of talk about Ahsoka and for me what makes her special. It's what she's from and it's what we got to know her with. So exactly. naturally, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You're gonna be talking about Clone Wars a lot. Totally. For me, the thing about the Clone Wars show, and I think we've talked about it in so many words before, but you you had said previously, Caleb, that you were like, I do wish that they would have set one movie during the Clone Wars. And I was like, I understand the need for that. But for me, the reason why the show works is because it adds to the serialization of Star Wars. And I personally think it works as a good homage in the way that Lucasfilm typically does. You know, yeah. you have the announcer. Who does this? It's this kind of thing. It's like Flash Gordon approaching, like that kind of thing. It took the context of Star Wars and changed it to be, in my opinion, like, okay, you're seeing a conflict from multiple sides, you know? Like, we're going to fill in some of the gaps. The point is, is that, especially towards the end of Clone Wars, where it starts lining up with episode three more and more, I feel like, I don't know, I feel like you you start to look at the prequels more like, maybe we didn't see every scene between Obi-Wan and Anakin in this movie. Maybe we didn't see everything that happened, you know? Like, you can talk about it in an animated series. I hope that makes sense. Yeah, no, I think it does. And, you know, you get that eyes in with, with Ahsoka. Alex, you've said before that Ahsoka is your favorite character in Star Wars. When did that kind of start for you? Because like none of us seem to have really liked her in the the movie. Yeah, well, uh, what we were saying earlier about uh, not liking her is I was very much like in that same boat where I didn't like her for a long time because I thought she was annoying. She felt kind of out of place and whatnot. I definitely started liking her as her character got more mature. But uh, specifically... When, when she had that arc where she goes through and she leaves that order, I had fallen off of the Clone Wars at that point. Uh, and so when I saw that on my rewatch uh, much later, I really related to that because that's, I mean, that's how I left the church and that's yeah. how I left religion. And a lot, and I kind of went through a lot of, I mean, not like the exact things she went through, obviously, but a lot of like the same emotional experiences with like, people in my life and kind of this um this order that I had latched on to and had been such like a central point in my life that I now saw the flaws in and so when I just saw her like 
reject it, but also like take the value she learned from that and like went out into the world and like tried to just be a good person, try to help people. It really resonated with me because I was like, this is like, this feels so personal. Like, I feel like this character was made for me. And it's just, it's, yeah. So, I mean, like, that's really it. It's not like any one particular thing she's ever done. It's more of just who she is overall. I really appreciate because I feel like I'm represented in a way. I feel like she's a character that a lot of people can feel that way and relate to. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, it's, it's a matter of, I, I appreciate you sharing that too, because it's like, for me, I view that as the character herself is learning to learning that you can establish your own structure of values without a structure having to provide you those values. Yeah. You know, just being a good person, just doing, you know, the golden rule, things like that, but also taking your own personal spin on the things you've been exposed to and learned. Yeah. And I, I, I think that's very real. And I think, I think Star Wars has always been a franchise that I say franchise and I'm about to say the word disenfranchised, but it's taken people who I think are outliers and kind of given them a place to latch on to. And I think Ahsoka in particular has done that because it's kind of funny. You you talk about her doing that. I think in a way it definitely reflects on the fact that like George Lucas, I think did want to expand on the whole, the Jedi order was not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, which I think that was my, I think that was a lot of people's issue with the prequels was like, they do a lot of dumb stuff. And oh like, yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't as purposefully demonstrated in the prequels, but that's kind of the point. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that she was kind of the fulcrum of that, not to make a pun, but <laughs> she was as Jay, it's, it's funny because it's the thing. Anyway, um, <laughs> I like it when David Tennant says it in the show. Anyway, <laughs> but the point being too, I think, um, it's kind of interesting that she's actually kind of a meta character in a way. Yeah. I actually was thinking about it last night. There is a moment towards, I think definitely I'm with you in terms of like everything that happened with Barris Offrey and all of that and mm-hmm. the framing her and I think was so informative of her character. And I think it was like, a, you know what? You guys were jerks anyway, which yeah. is just kind of great. But there's a part during the last few episodes of Clone Wars when Maul is talking to her. Mm. And Maul is a really good counterpoint to Ahsoka. It's a character that didn't get much in live action. It's a character that animation really did more with than anything else. Mm-hmm. That was extremely influential, part of major events and, and conflicts in Star Wars. But if you haven't watched the show, you go, Maul's kind of a sucky character. And that sucks because I love Darth Maul. But the point being is he at one point says to her, we were both tools for a greater purpose. I'm a firm believer that in that moment, he's acknowledging they're two very important characters to the Star Wars lore that not many people know about because they're in animation. That's an interesting Or like, not like the, maybe like, not like the broader general audience of like every single person who knows Star Wars. Exactly, exactly. I think that like, because the animation has been so good, they've definitely risen above uh, that kind of understanding. But yeah, I see what you're saying. Like, like I, I, when I was watching it for the first time, that's exactly what I thought. I was like, is that like meta? Is he commenting kind of on like the fact that he's like, look at me. I arranged this entire war to get Darth Vader to not happen. And look over here. No one's paying attention to me. <laughs> like, uh- <laughs> that's awesome. Cause I, I never really like took it as that way. I was so sucked into like, 
his own personal tragedy. And I think like that that part of him like being like a foil with Ahsoka and everything, I think that's what like resonated me. I didn't even think of it as a meta thing. Thank you. That's I appreciate dope. that. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, I thought about that the first time I watched it and I was like, I haven't seen anyone else with this take. Yeah. So I was like, let me share this. <laughs> Thanks for letting me go on that tangent. I'm oh, sorry. That's fine. <laughs> no, that's good. Listen. This is an Ahsoka episode. I'm not going to be talking that much. Oh, fair. Um, <laughs> not because I dislike the character, just because like y'all have much more to say about her. And so I feel like I am going to take kind of a more interviewee. Uh, <laughs> we are rounding out the conversation about Ahsoka today with our two participants. Hello and welcome back to Fresh Air. I'm Terry Gross. Um, <laughs> what, what, so like, I really like her relationship with Barris. I think that's a, it surprised me when I was watching through that it hit such a mature point with that. Mm-hmm. Um, what relationship, because obviously like her main relationship is with Anakin, but like what are some of the other like highlighted relationships in Clone Wars of interest? I mean, I really like her relationship with Rex. That was because I mean, like, answer. I mean, they're number ones. They're best friends, and you know, I mean, she even saves his life as he tries to as he tries to kill her and yeah, everything. Yeah, great and, scene. And the great fact, scene. The fact that his respect for her is so built into who he is as a person mm-hmm. that he is able to sit there trembling with his hands, going, "Find him." fives and it's just like with that one word she knowing him so well is like i know exactly what he's talking about let's go my favorite thing about their relationship is just simply the fact that like they are polar opposites she's like anakin but on steroids yeah where it's just like (laughs) like, anakin's like i'm not gonna do this by the book she's like what book yeah what are you talking about (laughs) readings for nerds (laughs) (laughs) readings for nerds you dummy (laughs) and then where like rex is like a very like proper everything has to like follow protocol everything has to like this this and this he always has a strategy he always has a plan where she's like more of a free spirit and the two of them just like are so cohesive with the way that they go after things and it it makes that relationship so special and like you don't you don't just see that in their actions you hear that in the way they speak to each other and it's just i love it i think you see it in the way that rex smiles when he sees her yeah yeah he loves her it's stuff like that it's like i'm sure that they're forums that i will never visit where they're like shipping the two but i'm like no, oh god i hope friends. not like, i mean they're... first of all she is way too old for him i mean he's like two what? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i forgot I about he, that <laughs> i think he makes a joke in one of the episodes where he's like where i think he says he's like six anyway. or something yeah. <laughs> oh. all right that's weird to think um <laughs> think about that um moving on um my actually one of my favorite relationships that's kind of understated, but also it it's also echoed again by Darth Maul. He says to Ahsoka, "You have Obi Wan's arrogance." Yeah, and I think that or something along those lines. Mm. And um, what I love about that is that, of course, her relationship with Anakin is is you know very present. What I really like is that I think from Anakin she learns the book is not always right, but with Obi Wan she learns. But it helps to read it because if you know the rules, then you can break them easily. And I think that the fact is, is that like she learned street smarts from Obi-Wan. One of my favorite moments is during those final episodes again, where, you know, he is asking her, I need you to talk to Anakin. And she's like, why would the Jedi Order like do this? And he says, the Jedi Order is not always right. And that's why I'm asking you to help. It, it informs so much about his character, but it's also like, 
it's it's a very subtle acknowledgement of I acknowledge how far you have come as a person and yeah. as a Jedi. Well, just as a warrior, as an advocate, as someone, as a good person. Yeah. That yeah. I'm trying to get you to help. And like, I just think that's the thing. Most characters respect Ahsoka. The only ones who don't are the ones who don't respect everyone else. Mace Windu. I'm sorry, we can't give you any more information. Citizen Tano. Shut your face. To be fair, he doesn't respect anyone. That's what I mean. <laughs> he respects well, Yoda. Him and Mundi, yeah, that's... He respects the people who could easily kill him. Like, let's be <laughs> yeah. Honest here. <laughs> it is always interesting to see her push against the other Jedi. Because once again, I think it's that thing where there's a bit more freedom in her character. Obi-Wan and Anakin clearly have their issues, but they have they have like a place to be. She can just leave. Yeah. And she does. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. she leaves. In fact, they mentioned that in the Ahsoka show. I left them and I left Sabine and I left. <laughs> what don't you leave, Oh my Ahsoka? god! <laughs> oh, that reminds me. I saw a TikTok this morning of uh, two old men just like bending over, wheezing, laughing. And the, ca- the caption on it was, Force Ghost, uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan watching Sabine uh, disobey direct orders from Ahsoka. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Payback. So I guess. Oh. So I guess after the the Clone Wars, which I mean ends on on such a poetic note with Ahsoka, you know, leaving behind the bodies of the clones, which I think too, it was so powerful to be like, we're not going to be responsible for them dying. We're gonna mm-hmm. like the ship's crashing. We need to make sure we survive. Yeah. And her trying to console Rex that whole time is, it is quite literally, I I always cheat and say this when I'm like, if I could be very technical, my favorite Star Wars movie is the last four episodes of Clone Wars, because technically speaking, it's about two hours. That works. It's really Uh, good. Yeah, it's really good. I, I find, and man, her with all of the clone helmets that bore her insignia the whole time and then darth vader coming back finding the lightsaber that he gave ahsoka looking up and realizing in that moment that palpatine had betrayed him it's just like ah bro when i tell you i cried so hard when i watched that the first time it's so powerful it's so good and and you know his reflection as he walks away in the clone helmet bearing her insignia i think Mm -hmm. really the whole thing about star wars as well the i personally and caleb you're the classics you're the classics man Pl- please feel free to correct me use um, my useless degree <laughs> able to use his degree once a podcast <laughs> once a fortnight <laughs> um but Heck yeah uh, boy let's get some chug jugs up in here chug jugs. <laughs> But like it's it's very much like a Greek tragedy. There yeah. always has to be tragedy reinforced. It's all of this is heading towards space Nazis, all of it, <laughs> at all points. And then it's like everything after. Remember, guys, this is after space Nazis. And you're like, damn, man, I'm just trying to watch this. <laughs> and then Grogu shows up, and we're like, yeah. <laughs> but but yeah, what space Nazis? <laughs> What moida? What moida? What the best guy around? That's already outdated. It's especially going to be outdated when this comes out. But speaking of that TikTok sound, uh, the person it was made for, Chopper, Rebels. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you mentioned Chopper and not the actual genocidal maniac that's in the show. And yes, I know what you're saying. Which one? Chopper is one. There's a couple of them. Canonically. Chopper, Vader. No, so you jump from the Clone Wars, and then what? Clone Wars has Tales that of the initial Jedi end, kind of, kind of 
brings more finality to where she is. Yeah, but like a little bit, yeah. Yeah. In release order, she comes back in 2014 for the Netflix stuff, right? And then that was 2014. It was around there. Cuz that's the same year that Rebels comes out. Now, she she's technically in season 1 of Rebels, but like she's not a major character until right. the end. So like it's really once you get into 2015 and season 2, that you start to see like the progress, but even then, like you may not have caught up with everything, so you're still not quite sure where she left off. Yeah, I think if anything, you know that she's still struggling with like her place in all of this. Yeah, because I still, I mean, I still feel that struggle even after, you know, even watching Ahsoka the show. Um, is that like I wish it was called that Ahsoka the, the show, show. <laughs> <laughs> the television program Ahsoka a Star Wars story. <laughs> Oh my god, no. <laughs> Yo, um, let's not bring that back. I think that the main purpose of her to be there at first, the main arc that they're like, this is going to drive her, is what would happen if Ahsoka met Darth Vader Yeah, mm. instead of Anakin? And for me, that's kind of when Rebels as a show, I, I like the first season fine, but I haven't finished my rewatch recently, but from what I remember of the show that I saw, that was kind of the moment I started to be way more on board with everything. Like I was well, like, it's the characters you like. Like, it's fair, appealing yeah. to you yeah. more. But it's also, it's just compelling. Yeah. Because I also was just very annoyed with the characters the first time around. And I was like, oh, thank God. Ahsoka, an oasis in the desert. Like, I, think, uh, I think that parallels. I think what you get, especially with Ezra and Sabine in that first season, my turnaround is the episode with uh, Dante Bosco where they're at the Imperial Academy, which is about half. That made through. me keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's when I started really vibing with the show. But I feel like it's the same thing where they are making these characters clearly to like for kids to relate to. And it's when they mature and grow into their roles as characters in Star Wars and not characters who are Star Wars who you're supposed to want to buy toys of. Right. That's And so I actually think that there's a lot of like a very similar uh, a similar development of those characters. Exactly, because yeah. going back and actually giving Rebels another chance like a year ago or whenever I did it, uh, I had the exact same thing happen to me again that uh, originally happened with Clone Wars, where like at first I was like, oh, this is stupid. Yeah. And then now I'm like, oh, yeah, I love the Ghost Crew. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. all great. <laughs> it's kind of, I, I have a similar thing with anime because a lot of anime will will do a similar thing where, where the characters will start off as, like, kids and then they'll grow into adults. And, like, granted, the adult part is always more interesting and, like, the things you remember from the show, mm. like the good stuff. But you then are able to go back and watch the stuff with the kid versions of the characters and go, ah, simpler times, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, like, I don't know, given the way that Rebels ends as well where the tone shifts, like, to oh my god whoa, it goes like crazy in the darkness. last season no parents um uh, <laughs> sorry <laughs> no one's safe <laughs> yeah. yeah i definitely think too with with ahsoka to be honest i don't remember a whole lot of her involvement fresh my memory she fights darth vader yeah they get sealed behind a door and then the next time we see her is when ezra opens up the world between worlds i think that's right and like pulls her out. Yeah, of the fight, yeah, yeah. Because right? she like people thought she was dead until that happened. Right, dead or like so, yeah. at least she's not around. Like yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I guess dead's wrong, but just like no one knew the fate of her. Right, and then but, she yeah. kind of shows back up in terms of like being a part of the crew, and then kind of the whole conflict with Thrawn, right? Oh, Maul and Thrawn, because Maul. 
Sorry, I'm getting a little bit confused. No, no, no. It's all good. Um, Maul happens and then Thrawn happens, right? Yeah, Thrawn's the last. That's what I thought. Thrawn's the end. It's just like Maul is going on while all of that's happening. Like Maul does all of his like really evil stuff in like the end of season two or something. That's right. Uh, yeah, and then and then the Thrawn stuff happens in what four? I think yes. But in four, you also get Maul, not really like on all of his evil stuff, but he's trying to like manipulate Ezra. Yeah, like right. he's being much more like purposeful in like the way he's connecting with people. And the fact that that came from the same show in which the first season had maybe the most cringe episodes in it. I was just like, this was born of the same show. Like, that's amazing to me. Uh, I'm going to drop a hot take here. There's the same amount of cringe that's in Rebels that's also in Clone Wars. Uh, yeah. Fair. I've I've grown to agree. You, look, I <laughs> there's, agree. There's probably less just because it's shorter. Like, yeah, fair. Yeah. <laughs> Less arcage of garbage. Yeah. (laughs) I think what's interesting about Rebels in terms of Ahsoka, one, it's, she's not in it that much. Like, there are long stretches, which I appreciate because, like, that is not her show. She's not taking it over. She is, like, a part of this world. We're going to give you some stuff with her, but we're going to make this about the characters the show's about. But when she does come in, I find it really interesting to see the shift from her as just been Padawan, 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 and then, like, you know, I'm leaving the order to now she is a mentor. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's a mentor. And there's something almost like very at the end of the show in particular, you know, her looking out and her having like the cloth over her and a staff. There's something kind of like more sage like about. Yeah. Her. Yeah. Like much more like I'm at peace with myself and I will make whatever decisions I need to make. Granted, we see after that in the Ahsoka show that she still hasn't really settled on all of that, which is fine because to be honest with you, if I had had all of the events in my life happen that have happened in Ahsoka's life, I probably wouldn't be able to make a lot of conscious decisions on like, who am I? Where do I fit in all of this? Like war and nothing else. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, th- I think that's a really good example actually, because we see the same scene twice, but represented in different ways. Whereas like, yeah, you do see that moment of her where she's supposed to be like, like, she's literally shining in the sunlight, and mm-hmm. it's supposed to be, like, this is where she is, this is how she wound up, and whatnot, and, like, oh, they're gonna go off and do this now, but then you switch to the Ahsoka show that just came out. It's the same scene, but there's more context around her life, and I think that that's just a really realistic take on things, where things aren't, like, always as glamorous as what they look like, right? and you actually just get to see, like, the realism of what's going on in her life at yeah. that moment. It's the it's the thought of there is no happy ever after. There is just the life that happens after this. Yeah. yeah. You know, because I really hate that in some stories it feels like, and no conflict ever happened again, and everything was perfectly fine, and capitalism was abolished. And it's like... <laughs> If only. Well, I mean, it's great. On the plus side, cannabis has been legalized (laughs) across the republic. It depends on on the story, right? Because like, yo, Lord of the Rings, I'm happy all them sailed off, got to live forever with the the elves. Yeah. But that's because that's the boat sink. Well, they can swim back. I watch Rings of Power. Um, (laughs) God. But that's the ending of the story. If we are going to keep telling this story, we're going to have to show, and it reflects human life, that, like, the same struggles come up. Maybe you get stronger, maybe you don't. But, like, how many epiphanies and how many breakthroughs have we had just as individuals? And, like, our life still ain't perfect. Like, Yeah. I think that's why, you know, Alex, why you relate to Ahsoka, why so many people do, honestly, is because with Ahsoka, 
I think that they're realistically it is someone who's kind of lived through most of the events of Star Wars and is just kind of trying to be a person, mm-hmm. you know, and like just trying to figure themselves out. And it's like, that's how it kind of feels in life is that you might know what the right answer is, but being able to take the step forward and actually improve and actually change is way harder than that there is no and everything happened and ahsoka took all of that information and looked off into the sunlight and she was a perfect mentor from then on with no problems about abandonment or psychological issues that may have been brought up apart from her being you know i don't know uh trained by robot space hitler And because she's relatively new and she came in something that wasn't like the main Star Wars, I feel like you can still have her be more flawed and stuff where it's like, Luke, oh no, you make Luke flawed. Everyone's going to freak out. (laughs) Can't make him flawed. Have to make him the perfect recreation of Mark Hamill in 1982. Here we go, baby. (laughs) Once again, there's just a lot more story freedom with her, which positions her very uniquely in this overall story that they're telling. That makes Mm. complete sense. I'm with you. You know, you said at one point, you made a joke, but you said like, it's weird. It's almost like things that aren't canon allow characters to be really cool. You made a joke about that at one point. I think we were talking about Grievous because I was like 2D animation Grievous is way better than, you know, 3D animation Grievous. But like, it's the same thing with Ahsoka where you're like, because she's not in the movies, she can kind of do whatever they need her to do. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's never explicitly referenced in Revenge of the Sith? What if we showed some scenes that lined up very closely to where now you can watch Revenge of the Sith and, and think know that Ahsoka she's like, was just there. She's just behind the hologram. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not in it. <laughs> you know, I mean, literally, Kaede Munigoy, if he does not surrender his power, we must take it from him. Oh, like whatever he says. Well, he doesn't say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> we must seize the throne. <laughs> Do we have anything else to say about Rebels? No, not really. I mean, it's it's hard to say a whole lot about Rebels because, I mean, you're right. She's not in a whole lot of it, but we kind of went over the stuff that she was. So I do like that the way they end Rebels with, spoilers, Thrawn and Ezra kind of going off just, it, the implication is that they died, but it's like they might be out there somewhere. And we kind of learned a bit of that in the Ahsoka show. They're with the space whales. Right. I'm excited for the space whales. <laughs> <laughs> I I like that, if anything, she still has the fear of what if Thrawn ever comes back? What yeah. if another war happens? Because I, I enjoy the fact that she is still fearful of that. So yeah. I guess moving on from Rebels, the next time we see her is in Mandalorian. But honestly... I, I didn't I liked seeing her in Mandalorian, but the only things I kind of got from her is that she's not really a Jedi and kind of just tangentially related, but just fighting the good fight. Yeah, I, I'd have to I'd have to go back and watch her stuff in that again. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she I mean, she doesn't really get a whole lot to do. I want to know how she met Luke Skywalker. That would be an interesting piece to fill in. Yeah, I would really like to see that because, too, you know, that conversation happened of like your dad is who? Like, uh, hi, I'm like, Luke Skywalker. What? I'm say that again. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Sky Guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. And it's then the Luke just doesn't get it. Yeah, he just looks like. Okay. <laughs> Rude much. Um, I have not seen past what I had to watch of the Mandalorian for this podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> Season one and then the cameos. And I don't intend to. Um, no, I might I might hop on season three. Seven years know. from now. 
Um, yeah, who knows? But so, no one else is watching it or talking about it. I think I might watch it. Kind of, yeah. Honestly, <laughs> that's. Steven, that's how I Caleb get it, works. Though. I get it, though. I'm with you, because when everyone's like, you got to listen to this album, I'm like, it will not hit unless I do it right. Yeah. So I'm with you. I understand it now. Discourse is so exhausting. but um, I completely agree with you. No, but you get you get her in live action, and I guess she is still very much a side character like she is in Rebels, because she is there to either compliment Mando and Grogu or to compliment Luke. But what I think would be interesting about her and Luke meeting up is that you know, there's that thing where canonically Luke is the most powerful Jedi, which I'm not sure if I've had this rant before, but I absolutely hate that. Yeah, I, don't like I, I mean, I don't. He's not. Yeah, well, Granted, just, in Legends, but he also has like every right, but well, power doesn't really mean anything. But yeah, it's that thing <laughs> yeah. where it's like I get frustrated when people are like, he's the main character and he solved the prophecy, so he has to be the most powerful. I'm like, following the most powerful person usually isn't that interesting. Even if you get to like someone like Superman, most of his bad guys are. As of, if not more powerful than him. Yeah. So like, <laughs> or they got a hold of that green rock, then you know can affect him. Yeah. Um. <laughs> so I think it would be interesting to see how he reacts to a Jedi who I'm not saying she's more powerful than him in raw power, or that he's not better at her with certain things. I'm sure him kind of coming up outside the order means that he thinks about the force in different ways than she does that may like they may be able to teach each other, mm-hmm. but that goes both ways. And so I would be very curious to see how he, as he's trying to like build up the Jedi order from just the idea he has just kind of like vibes that he got from Yoda and Obi-Wan. Mm. I'd love to see them have a conversation about that. Simultaneously, he does make Grogu cho- choose between the lightsaber of a guy he's never met uh, who looks like him. So I guess that's, that's kind of racist to be honest with you. <laughs> um, like, like just, listen, you know, there's only two of you. Listen, so far. another one of you had one of these. The other one had a mullet or that you, you didn't want. It, I promise it. It's bloody. But I the would point give, is, here, Here's my, one. Here, here's my counterpoint to that though and this might this might piss some people off i really like that he does that not because it would be a good decision or anything but because it's a terrible decision yes and as a uh, look i love luke he's not that smart no and <laughs> i don't think luke is that smart of a well, guy i don't think like, he's dumb the, he be should like, be clear i don't think choice. he's like dumb or yeah. anything i just think that like He's a very, like, simple, basic person when it comes to, like, his approach to things. He's impulsive. Yeah, like, a lot he's of very time. impulsive. Yeah. And, and it's cool because, like, he gets that very much from his dad. Well, but, like, <laughs> I always look at it like in Return of the Jedi when he's just like, surrender now. Okay, Force grips a blaster and tries to shoot Jabba in the face like four times. He's just yeah. like, we can, do, we can end this now. Yeah. Like, I'm not uh, saying that was a dumb idea. But it wasn't a smart one. Well, and, Fair. Uh, <laughs> and so like, <laughs> I'm sorry, Luke. You're you're good at your job, but your job isn't teaching. So why are you opening a school? Like <laughs> exactly. Uh, but it to me is just kind of like it, it's the it's the idea of like this all powerful person. If if they are in fact the quote unquote last Jedi, you know, at that time in terms of like because that's that's his role is like he's like kind of like. The last one. Yeah. They even call him that. They call him episode eight, The Last Jedi. You will be episode eight, directed by Ryan Johnson. He is the last one to be trained by Jedi. Yes. Yes. And so in that way, it's kind of like, I think it's just the implication that like, oh, this all powerful character needs to teach. He needs to pass it on. It's like, no, he doesn't. Like, that's his choice. He can just be a guy. And it's like. 
I, I, I like the idea of challenging that. I just th I think it just ticked people off because it's like, the first time we've seen Luke in almost 40 years, I'm so excited. To this is the paragon of hope. I've abandoned every single thing and oh, hey, look at this. Is this the Child Killer 2000? I'm going to throw this over the cliff. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was actually the Child Killer 3000. Oh, cool. A newer model. <laughs> My, My daddy bought me the Child Slayer 3001. Oh, oh, oh. My daddy cut off my arm. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything in Book of Boba Fett Mandalorian that we should talk about with Ahsoka? Other than, no. I mean, the thing is to talk about, how do y'all feel about the casting? I oh, love, Rosario, Rosario Dawson. Dawson. Oh, she's perfect. great. And I like it, too, that if anything, it stemmed from the fans because Boss Logic is the one who did, you know, Boss Logic has now gotten work with, like, actual companies and stuff like that. But he's a great digital designer, and it was one of his earlier projects, and he was like, Rosario Dawson would be great as Ahsoka. Yeah. And then she liked it, shared it, and then Dave Filoni was like, hey, you want to be Ahsoka? And it's just like, that's so awesome! Like Watching the first couple episodes of the new Ahsoka show, one of the things that stood out to me was, a lot of her mannerisms and characteristics, they felt like Ahsoka, but yes. Ahsoka getting older. Yeah. Like, she's not, like, as emotive as she usually would be, but, like, the inflections in her voice and the way that she spoke still felt like her. It, it felt well, like I was like, her oh, that's up. great. Like, I think she's perfect casting. Yeah. Absolutely. I think she's just genuinely amazing. Yeah. And to build off that, like, it's a real bonus that they're doing it when she's older and not like doing a live action Clone Wars thing mm -hmm. because there is no one who can move like Ahsoka moves in the show. Right. So like your justification now for like, why is she a little slower in combat is because well, she's older now and she's changed up her style. She can't do everything she did then. And I think it makes a lot of that is just like a really nice coincidence that kind of lined up with everything. I didn't actually think about it like that, that it is it is her age mixed in with the fact that she's probably just really good in the way that like, Bryce, friend in real life, friend of the podcast, and we were actually talking, and it was before I saw the episode, and he said he was like, dude, it's a straight-up samurai show, like, for that first episode, at least, because, like, he was like, from the first four notes, like, of just, like, the drums beating and stuff, and mm. I was like, he's absolutely right, because if anything... She reminds me of that thing you kind of keep referencing, which is the, you just need one clean strike. Yeah. And I think in that first episode, you know, after she does the smoothest cut in any Star Wars thing ever. With oh, that light, was so satisfying. <laughs> and just drops down. It was so cool. And after the homage to Raiders of the Lost Ark, we then get her kind of Ronin thing with the, with the robot. And yeah. I, I love that whole, just like, it's a Western, it's a samurai movie it's mm -hmm. it's awesome going back and forth and i love the the designs of the robots too i thought they were great oh yeah but they're cool they they seem like something that would actually like be really practical in the star wars universe because mm -hmm. like they're just like they're just humanoid they're designed to like kind of be like assassin robots they, I mean, they are assassin robots, just a different yeah. kind. But. Their head and like some of their some of their like posture and stuff kind of reminds me of like stormtroopers and stuff. Mm -hmm. Actually, the, like you see the leader one, and he's kind of wearing a cape. It kind of looks like Captain Phasma, huh, like yeah. just from like kind of a distance. The silhouette kind of lines. I up. was thinking that actually. I did think about that. So with the Ahsoka show, though, like where what do we think about where she is and what her goal is? Because the goal is to find Thrawn. Are we going to skip over Tale of the Jedi since we already had an episode about that? Uh, yeah, basically yeah. it's just she decides to get back in the fight. Yeah. Interesting detail that Bryce did share with me, though, is that her beating that Inquisitor, it's basically that's actually the end of the Ahsoka novel. And oh, really? Yeah, I, cool. I hadn't read it, but he said that 
the reason why she has white lightsabers is because that Inquisitor, yeah, she took the yeah, two crystals the and purified them, which is why they're white. Mm, yeah, which I like I'm like, that. It's kind of cool. It's like I'm washing away everything. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I'm just me going forward. One other thing about Ahsoka, I do like just to note. I really like that she doesn't have a traditional just double blade, like two blades. She has one that's shorter and one that's longer. Which, so it's like a sword and a dagger. Kind of, it's really cool. I've never seen a Jedi do that. Well, and it's, and it's, it's a really interesting like fighting style to keep going back to samurai it is as always (laughs) samurai had different swords like they had like four different sizes of like and only one of them's called a katana but i'm gonna call them all katanas because i don't remember them but like you have the longer two-handed one for when you're riding on a horse you have this like the traditional katana that you would imagine when you're like dueling the short blade yeah then you have a shorter one that's like good for getting like into the armor and like when you're up close and in combat Mm. and that's very much what it feels like it's like more practical uses of like these two blades and stuff just laying out my thoughts on the first two episodes of the new show yeah that's kind of what um, i was gonna get at great opening uh ahsoka's first scene's great yeah. sabine's first scene's great i stopped caring about the show because the plot kicks in so i'm really excited <laughs> i'm really excited to see Dang. some of those characters and they're in <laughs> i'm really excited to see some of those characters i'm really hoping that they flesh more out i hope they give ahsoka more to do because that show is just the sabine show for the first two and i'm fine with that but it needs a different name yeah that's but true when you get into the whole thrawn stuff i'm kind of like okay it's a fetch quest we have to go get the relic oh no they're one step ahead of us oh it's gonna be thrawn and it's just like i'm sure thrawn will be cool when they bring him in but i don't know i'm hoping i'm hoping maybe they hinge less plot importance on it so we can get character importance because this I, is yeah. i think that's what we're what we're gonna see because like i think the thrawn stuff is like basically the objective like they want to get to him like at the end or like maybe second to the last episode or mm-hmm. whatever i think what they're building up is a lot of okay ahsoka and sabine clearly have problems between them and i think we're gonna watch them like try to air it out and try to fix this dynamic between the two of them and it also in a, like a healthy relationship way yeah and it also could be a good commentary on like you know i mean you made a joke about it you know with the force ghost laughing at ahsoka oh cool she disobeyed her but like <laughs> the point being is i think we are going to see ahsoka more in that master role and i think that yeah. her learning about her being a master could open up the door to her understanding Anakin, could open up the door to her understanding Obi-Wan and maybe reaching some personal resolution with that. Mm-hmm. And then also reaching a resolution that can be changed right now with Sabine. So being able to go, this is what it means to be a good master because I've had both good and bad masters. Like yeah. they've had their flaws. I am just my own. And so I think that if she can get to there, I think that, I will be satisfied with the show. Yeah. I do like a lot of the other elements. I actually really liked Balon Skull and uh, Hati, which I really like that, of course, they're named after the two wolves that bring forth Ragnarok in mm-hmm. Norse mythology, which I thought is awesome. Wait, um, I'm blanking on this. What is this? These are the two Sith. Oh, that's their name. Sith. Okay. Yeah, not Sith, but they're like, the bad guys. Uh, yeah. Would you say negative Jedi? If there's gray Jedi, would this anti-Jedi. be like anti Jedi? Anti Jedi. Anti Jedi. Yeah, there we fun. go. They're, you know what? They're the edgy Jedis. <laughs> gray Jedi is out. Edgy Jedi is edgy in. in. <laughs> um, but I really like I like the performances. Ray Stevenson, I thought, was very good. It's, it's mm-hmm. cool, too, that like, um, <laughs> for me, it's just kind of cool that they've gotten so many people who are tangentially related in Star Wars. Like, he voices Gar Saxon in The Clone Wars, which is really weird. But then it's also like, Mary Elizabeth Weinstead is Ewan McGregor's wife. And then it's like, his uncle was 
was Biggs. We- was, or, Biggs. was it Wedge or Biggs? It, it was, was Biggs. Wedge. He was okay, Biggs. Yeah. And his daughter was and in the Obi-Wan show. His daughter was in the Obi-Wan show offering him drugs. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're right that there's more of Ahsoka. And if it's that relationship with Sabine, I'm fine with that. That's an interesting relationship. But just yeah. fleshing that out, even maybe just her friendship with Hera. I just hope yeah. that yeah. the plot in setting up like the next chapter in the Filoni-verse or whatever... I just <laughs> I hated that we please. started people started calling it that. I just, <laughs> just the Mandoverse. No, the Mandoverse. That's what Mandoverse. it was. Yeah, Mandoverse. No, that's what I'm talking about too. Though. I just I <laughs> yeah. don't Why wanna, is it a verse? <laughs> I I don't want it and Disney Plus shows do this all the time. I don't want it to be setting up the next show. Yeah. Like, just let it have its room to breathe. That's kind of my worry is that I'm like is is this going to set up for the movie that he's going to do? Which I this is it is labeled as a limited event series. So I am hoping that this is one season with an arc because like I'm an Obi-Wan apologist, but I will oh, yeah. be I will be the first one to say that should have been a movie. Like you know what I mean? Like there's a cut of it. Cut there's a two and a half hour cut of is the there? season. Whoa. And I haven't watched it, but it's apparently really good. I want to watch that. I'm even more of an apologist because while I think the cut is probably good, they cut out Reva, and so I'm like, that's my that's why I like the uh, show. Yeah, controversial <laughs> oh, yeah. opinion. I like Reva. Oh, I love Reva. Yeah, so. Reva's a very good character. Um, fight me. But the point being is that right. like I <laughs> Alex put the gun down. <laughs> <laughs> Grabs a needler off the shelf. <laughs> I got my... seven super combines for you. <laughs> It was just a small moment that I thought was just like one of the coolest things Ahsoka's ever done. And it's so simple. But when she was fighting that Inquisitor guy in the second episode on Corellia and he gets in the ship and he recalls his lightsaber and she just like, all right, audio listeners, I'm just watch the episode. You'll know what I'm doing a demonstration of. She just like, yeah, the sidesteps. Yeah, the side yeah she just sidesteps and the saber like flies right Alex by her. Alex put so I much actually... sass on that. <laughs> well, she did it with a there little bit of sass. Feel, there was sass. <laughs> but yeah, I, like I, when I was watching that. I, I was sitting exactly where you are and I had literally just went, <laughs> No way you needed to, you needed to go. That's right. And that very scene. Yeah. Uh, you know the couch that you know the the long L-shaped couch we're all sitting at. I just wanted you to know I was on that cushion. Yeah, I don't know why. I, I just want to let that, you know all of the know. sweat that I felt in that moment right there where you're sitting. Steven, <laughs> you're where history happened. That's right. <laughs> when a, when when Alex screamed at like 9:30 at night because he thought a sidestep was cool. Yeah. <gasps> Guys, we're getting Anakin Skywalker. Hey, buddy. Can you say something? Say hi to the people. Now that he has oh, a well, mic. He's rubbing his nose against it. <laughs> now that he has a mic, he won't meow. Anakin. Wait, maybe if I stop petting him. Uh, for context, uh, my cat's name is Anakin. So yeah, this show's gonna probably, hopefully, it will get an ending. Yeah, me too. <laughs> um, I'm hoping. Hopefully Disney doesn't do a Warner Brothers and just remove it from the platform. Uh, uh, yeah, that man. would suck. <laughs> yeah. But no, they won't do that. But like, keep popping up. She'll probably be in Ghost Crew. She'll probably be in uh, Filoni's movie. What? Where do we want to see this character go as Star Wars continues on? Because then there's the other question of like, well, there's a whole other set movie she was in. So, like, I'm guessing she is canonically dead when Rise of Skywalker happens because you hear her voice with all the other Force ghosts. Was yeah, it, was I don't it know. actually Eckstein doing it? 
Yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah, it was her. I didn't realize. She, I knew Freddie Prince Jr. was there, but I didn't think she. Wow, interesting. Cool. I didn't know that. So I think for me, what's interesting about characters like Vader, Kanan, Ezra, Maul, and Obi-Wan, and even Yoda, I think all of the all of the iconic Star Wars characters, besides like Han, Han barely has an arc, but the point being is that like those characters have arcs where they realize that they are part of a greater whole and accepting their role in the grand scheme of things. I think during the entire time Ahsoka's been a character, she's been doing nothing but trying to figure out what she's doing mm. and trying to figure out where she's going. So I think the best thing for her as a character would be to find that resolution within herself to find that she is enough to be a master to find that she may not have been the greatest student, but that at the end of the day, she's her and that's enough. Cause with Darth Vader, you have to look at it. Like in the last moments when he took Sidious out, he wasn't a Jedi. He wasn't a Sith. He was a father trying to help his son. And in the last moments of Maul's life, he was actually probably very respectful of Obi-Wan and Obi-Wan probably saw all the conflict that was in Maul. And, and for that reason, he gave him a proper Jedi burial. So mm. the, the point being is that like, I look at it like if she can reach that point, I think that she will probably end up sacrificing herself in some way. I think that would be the way for her to go out. But I think that she needs to reach that resolution by the end of the show for it to work. Yeah, I, for me at least. Yeah, I think the just going off of that because I think you're one hundred percent right about it. Thank you. I think the the resolution specifically I would like to see, and you know, if we don't get it exactly right, uh, it has to be my fine. vision. <laughs> I'm a Star Wars fan. It has Writing. to be catered to me. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, like a, a part of what I appreciate about her so much and like, and like the things we were talking about earlier with like her freedom and her willingness to do things differently. A lot of that comes from the fact that she is inherently a really arrogant person. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, while that has been her strength for so long, I think what we're seeing right now, because like, you know, the Ahsoka show is as far as we've gotten with her, we're seeing how, even though she's matured and taken on more of a mentor, mentor role that, that arrogance is still there and it's manifesting itself in the way of like the how of how like a Jedi master would be arrogant. And so like in terms I, of like I know what I'm doing. Yeah, like, yeah. Like yeah, I'm yeah. right, you're wrong, listen to me kind of thing. Yeah. Right. I think that perfect resolution for her character is learning to I don't want to say be more selfless because I think she is a really selfless person, but just like I guess Team player feels like an understatement, but something along the lines of that. Or like, I think I want her to like build a community and maybe even at some point like die for that community. She, yeah, it's it's part like, of it's becoming so part of a solo. whole. You know? Yeah, yeah. I think I think Bad Batch even goes over that where it's like them staying in that little community kind of gives them more purpose than like any any like mission they could go on. Yeah. So yeah. well, I understand. Yeah, and then in. in Tales of the Jedi, we see her outside of a war context, but she's still not engaging with that community right. that she's like living amongst, but mm -hmm. she's not living with them. And that's the thing. Since she was a kid, she has been on the front lines. So what does it look like when you get to the end and there is no war to fight? And that's kind of what I hope we see her. I hope obviously war will continue in Star Wars. 
because yeah. it's in the name. But, Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. As well as stars. But I, I think you're right. It would be interesting, Alex, to see her kind of find a community that she wouldn't be able to in wartime. And especially, like, part of the reason she probably isolates is, like, there's maybe three or four people in the galaxy who can even relate to what she's gone through. Oh, she's yeah. been through so much. Yeah, and they're, like, dropping like flies. And, yeah. and you also got to think, too, in, in psychology, what they kind of talk about is that sometimes, you know, we do self-sabotage. Yeah. And when you self-sabotage, ultimately, it's because your body on a fundamental level wants to be able to predict what's going to happen so you fall into the same cycles of leaving of doing of getting into bad habits or whatever but you do it because it's comfortable yeah mm-hmm. so i completely understand that and i i do actually i do kind of see that with rosario dawson's interpretation of the character in particular because alex you kind of said she has her mannerisms but she is much more stoic yeah so it, it's yeah. less sky guy and it's more you know, you'll find that I have many qualities for you to dislike. You know, it's much more that. <laughs> Says like, that directly. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> and you'll find I'm not a very nice person. <laughs> you'll find that I am not friendly to waiters. Hey, listen, guy. I don't put my cart back. That's right. Cart narcs came up to me, and you know what? He got two white lightsabers through his abdomen. You know who I do think could help her I with this? I shake vending machines to get chips out. Yes, Caleb. <laughs> I shake children to get my anger out. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. Do you know who really could help her with this is Rex? Because Rex has always, like, he's been programmed to be part of a community. Now, that community is a battalion. It, like, he has his own baggage. <laughs> and they all, all, are all, all the dead. same yeah. person, technically. <laughs> but, like, you see him, oh, like, that. He, he's, that. <laughs> like, he slips perfectly into the into the rebels crew like yeah kanan doesn't like him for obvious reasons but like he's able to like still connect with people despite all his baggage and so i think it'd be cool to see him kind of be able to show her how to grow and you know like settle down it's kind of it's interesting too because she was never like a one unit amongst the clones she was always like the clones are behind her yeah like they're following her which no problem with that whatsoever but like it doesn't it doesn't go towards her knowing what it's like to be a part of a team yeah mm-hmm. so i understand that that's really interesting ahsoka is a character who's going to be around for much longer i think her profile is just going to keep blowing up now that she's in live action so we'll we'll eagerly be watching and of course if y'all uh on the outside of the podcast please let us out um would like <laughs> we're trapped <laughs> please in let us out <laughs> Uh, we're in your phone are you there god it's me margaret <laughs> no uh we would we would love to hear what y'all think about this character and your your history and your hopes for the future but anything anything else that we want to say before we do the do the goodbyes well i just i think ahsoka's a character that you know has transcended a whole lot and i think if anything i i think if anything has been maybe the most real person and character to come out of the prequels for me, I think that I think that they are that undercover main character <laughs> that really like, you know, and I find it very interesting that I think many people had the same experience as us to be like, I really don't like this this character, and then being like, she's absolutely one of the best Jedi ever. So yeah, I just yeah. I really appreciate her as a character and I, I love that we were able to all three share our experiences with her. And you know, Alex, I know I know with you in particular, I, I really started to appreciate Ahsoka when you started talking about what you liked about her. Cause you know, like even though like I have a lot of feelings about Maul, at the end of the day I'm like, 
he also looks really cool. <laughs> like, you know, I'm like, oh, I just love being rageful with you. You're like, I have a personal connection to this person. I'm like, I, I think if I had like a personal connection hey, to Darth Maul. cool too. No, Not know, in the tube top, but, but you saying, know, everything after that was pretty uh, dope. Oh, God. <laughs> Check out the last episode. Uh, but <laughs> point being is just like, I at the end of the day, I am like, yeah, but my character's just kind of a, looks really cool and is kind of a badass. You're like, I have a personal connection to Ahsoka. If I had a personal connection to Darth Maul in the same way you did Ahsoka, I would, I would hope one of you would be worried about me. Like, <laughs> like, like, I would really hope you'd be like, hey man, we need to talk. Like, you're obsessed with one guy. <laughs> Look, I, I hear what you're saying with, uh, there, but also like. I think the difference is you love uh, Darth Maul because you're able to like analyze him and understand him, even though if, like oh, yeah. you can't connect with him. I Walter White. Whereas like, whereas like, <laughs> I analyze Ahsoka, but like I do that because I feel that connection to the character, That's and fair. if that makes sense, like it's it's just like two different things. Like I, like, I don't know, it's two different ways of. No, I understand completely what you mean. Yeah, it it sense yeah. To me. the same steps just reversed, which is cool i like green swamp muppet um <laughs> i like green swamp i like green muppet. swamp muppet his name's yoda mine mine it's a green oh, swamp muppet man i'm so dumb of course you meant yoda i was thinking of the swamp, swamp thing. thing again from mandalorian <laughs> that thing has like infected my brain yeah oh my I, god <laughs> he's, he's spread like moss. he's the pineapple from psych he's gonna <laughs> pop up in every episode now <laughs> That'd be great. On this week's episode of Psych References, Stephen doesn't get... Boko, we make you watch all of Psych. Oh, God. The Star Wars Therapy Psych Rewatch. Seven hours long. Donate to the Patreon. Seven hours will get you through half the first season. I was about to say, that's like ten episodes. God. Uh, Anyway, if you guys want to hear us lock Stephen in a room and not let him out until he's seen all episodes of Psych uh, and the movies... You can, uh... There are movies? Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, even I haven't seen all the movies, oh though. Oh, my God. They, like, they made one as a reunion, and then they were like, let's make, like, three or four more. <laughs> I hate... Caleb, where can the good people find you? You can reach out... Know. You can reach out to us at StarWarsTherapyPodcast at gmail.com, and then you can reach out to us individually on our handles. Mine is Caleb from The Real World on Instagram and YouTube. From there, you can find my litany of other podcasts... Hot Trash Unlimited, Only 52, and The Snub Club. And you can find me at Steven Weeben on Instagram. That is S-T-E-E-B-E-N-W-E-E-B-E-N. And then I am also on YouTube under Steven, spelled the exact same way. Don't have much on either one, but taking a bit of a break from social media, hoping to reconvene in a couple of months. And listen, I'm going to lay it out exactly for you, all right? I got that consistency. It is underscore Alex Bryson on Instagram, Twitter, threads, all of that. Um, and Except I have a kind of a complicated username on Twitch.tv where that whole thing falls apart. So you can find me on Twitch.tv slash ST3PHE underscore. Uh, don't forget the underscore. The underscore is important. I will stream again when I get a new CPU. And uh, <laughs> you can find us next time here talking about uh, the final of the prequels, Revenge of the Sith. Uh, yeah, uh, Star Wars Therapy, uh, where we talk about Star Wars. And, and live. live! Guys, we got it! Yay! <laughs>